0: You might have a mom, she might be the bomb, but ain't nobody got a mom like mine. Her loves till the end, she's my best friend. Ain't nobody got a mom like mine.
1: Welcome to Teaching My Mother ABA, where we put a unique spin on teaching ABA by using pop cultural references and real life stories. So grab a cup of coffee or a real drink because that might make <laughs> us sound better. And sit back, relax, and enjoy the shit show we call life. Oh, that did not take very long. Oh, oh this is what
0: this is what life this is, is how gonna be it's right. gonna be right now. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we've been gone a while. It feels like a really long time, but about a month. We took a little break, which – so, Britt, like, in the show notes, I'm like, you need to reintroduce yourself. So I would love to hear how you would explain, like, who you are to our six listeners again.
1: A hot mess (laughs) with a dumpster fire and a car crash. Um, no. So I am, I don't even know how to introduce myself right now. I am taking a little bit of a break from some direct uh, work. I am <laughs> stepping back a little bit. Um I am still doing supervision. I am stepping back on teaching, so I don't really teach anymore. I feel like I've completely shifted my whole intro. Like I need a new bio because I'm doing a lot more of behind-the-scenes stuff, which is hilarious because (laughs) people (laughs) – So we had a client I had to call. Um and they're like you how do you just pop up? You've not been involved in anything. And I'm like, I am still here. <laughs> I am just not
0: lurking. Lurking in the background. I
1: am I am lurking. We joked that um I'm gonna make shirts that say um don't re or don't release the kraken, and for Kelly and Anissa, and then I gonna I'm gonna have uh, the kraken on the back of my shirt because it seems to be my role now is bring down the hammer. <laughs> That's how I'll explain it. My intro is that I am here to bring down the hammer.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Well, and the. The specific reference is we received an email and I was in a meeting and I saw the email and I was trying really hard not to like check my email, but I read through it and I was like, oh, holy hell. Like, I hope I can get, because there any way I can get to her email, delete it and not have her see it before she sees it. Well, she saw it and she actually responded really well. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe she can handle herself in a way that is professional <laughs> and not completely insane. So it was good, but yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, release the kraken!" And if you can tell us where that quote is from, then I'll know that some of our listeners are from the '80s. Let me just tell you, that was how I'll know. Um,
1: oh. I feel like yeah. all I've been doing lately, though, is <laughs> bringing down the hammer. It's like, oh,
0: it has on. just been, it has been a month uh, of our self-imposed break. And that's why when we talk about our topic, you'll kind of, it all fits together. So I, <laughs> I let's picked,
1: reintroduce yourself first. Oh, me? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well. I don't even know. I'm like you. I'm tired. That's my whole introduction. Just tired. This week especially is probably not the best time for me to like reintroduce myself in a normal way because I've gotten onto some meetings and I can even like I look at myself and I'm like, oh, this is not I can see it in my eyes. It's not going to go well. I have zero tolerance right now. So I'm tired, but excited, but tired. (laughs) Right. I'm done with school, done with school, almost done with my supervision hours. Going to test. I mean, I will test eventually someday. Um, so yeah, I think that's I feel like I'm sort of a behavior analyst without a BCBA. That's how I'm introducing myself now. I'm a behavior analyst.
1: That works. And
0: so I did pick a pop pop culture reference although this whole time like we are getting ready for this show I did go to a 90s band last night but um, I have like an Eminem song like repeating in my head like guess who's back <laughs> back again
1: oh my gosh yes <laughs> that's all I can Love think it. about
0: but the quote I picked was you can't just give up is that what a dinosaur would do
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> a good one. So, are you referencing we're old though with the dinosaur no. reference?
0: I'm oh. just saying we're like we're not gonna let life make us give up. Everything's gonna be great. We're gonna figure this out. Like as the chief emotional officer, you're gonna help us through like how to recognize and explain our feelings and then move forward.
1: I feel like I did pretty well with that. I checked in with everyone this week. I think I've talked to everyone that we have currently on our roster. Uh, yeah, emotions, you know, great. (laughs) I've been on my TikTok game lately too. Oh my God. Oh,
0: let me just, okay. Let's get to catching. First, let's talk about what this week's topic is. So what did we decide we were going to do on the topic?
1: Uh, avoidance and (laughs) escape behavior.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the story of our lives. The story of our lives. Um, So let's catch up on what has happened in this last month. So, the last Since episode, Weba, Weba was, <laughs> was where it all started to go downhill after Weba. Yeah, I, feel like. I think
1: we had one episode after Weba, and then yeah. we kind of fell off the face of the podcast
0: world. <laughs> okay. So let's see what has happened since Weba? what what happened next
1: so after weba um a few of us went home and some of us drove straight to um minnesota some of us only went home for a day or two some of us had a sick kid during that time
0: Uh, some of us showed up a day and a half late from when they were supposed to be there
1: Yes because I so Hugh I knew I had taken Hughie to the hospital again before that he had a spider bite that like started getting infected and everything mm-hmm. but it was uh-huh. fine uh-huh. he was fine sure. so Whatever. I showed up to Minnesota we were in Minnesota because we helped open up a center up there which was a lot of painting and a lot of, um, swearing (laughs) and me trying not to hurt anyone in person.
0: Um, Uh, Kelly and I, Kelly and I put together eight office chairs in a record amount of time. So that was like, I'm like, what, what did you learn when you were in Minnesota? How to put together an office chair? Like that would be what I feel like I took away from our Minnesota trip. (laughs) My
1: takeaway is that um, if we ever open up, which we will here in Idaho, we're not allowed to buy anything from Ikea.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So this is, this is how this works with my daughter, Dr. Farley. So if someone tells her not to do something and one of the, things was you shouldn't buy things from Ikea. Like it just, we don't want things from Ikea, which made her immediately buy things from Ikea. Lots of things. Lots of things. Now she didn't put anything together from Ikea because she was working on other projects. But I think Kelly who y'all Kelly is Kelly is the nicest of us all until she's not nice anymore. And the Ikea kids, um, kitchen set, I think is what pushed Kelly to the not be nice anymore thing. She worked on that for like four hours and I put together a shelf that was supposed to be square. It was not square. I mean, it was just, so while I want to love Ikea, no more. Absolutely not. Life's
1: kind of like Ikea furniture. You work really, really (laughs) hard to put it together, but it never turns out like it's supposed to. (laughs)
0: well good thing i live in the middle of south dakota i'm nowhere near an ikea i won't have to worry about that anymore ever again (laughs) ever again and my husband absolutely hates ikea he's like it's walmart for swedish people (laughs) he's like it just is he's like it's that's where if you live in sweden you go to ikea it's like walmart like that's what it is and i'm like well i like i liked it until i didn't like it anymore so we got home from Minnesota. I would say, yes. I can't remember. Oh, during the Minnesota trip, the best part is that um, I drove to Minnesota and then <laughs> my husband was supposed to meet me in Iowa because I was going to take Huey down to Iowa to see his great grandparents. And we had to call him to, go <laughs> to come help us and bring us tools. And then, so what he did My favorite thing is, is we've like kind of like we do, we work in some areas in the Twin Cities that are not the best areas for us or because we're a country. I mean, I don't think we've ever hidden that fact from anybody. Like we're from the country. Tractors, two lane roads, whatever. So my husband pulls up and he's like, y'all are in one of the worst suburbs of Minnesota. And I'm like. No, word. and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is the, <laughs> this is the worst place that we <laughs> drive in our tractor in two lane road thing. Uh, and he's like, what do you guys like? Are you guys you're careful? It wasn't right? even I'm the bad. bad. Area that no, we, go to. we were not in. It was an It's a nice area. Like I felt completely safe, and so we decided that no more husbands come with us to figure out what we do, when we do it, how we do it, which is what we've kind of always. That's been our go to anyway, right? Just yes,
1: keep we'll them. Leave them at home.
0: Leave them at home. So leave Huey and home. I, <laughs> Huey and I, headed to Iowa for like twenty four hours so he could see his great grandparents and his cousins. And um, he was so good. His cousins, on the other hand, were a complete nightmare, and I was uh, over it. I was over it. So I think we
1: all were over it. So yeah. I forgot to. We got to stop, and so we had um, Kelly's cousin come up and uh,
0: <laughs> help Maybe. watch the kiddos. Maybe. Oh, she was awesome. Uh, she
1: was oh. amazing. Anyway, she's also a paramedic, right? Is that what mm-hmm. it is? Okay, so we're driving home one night after eating at Crave for the 12,000th In time. we're
0: country, we're country. Let's all, everyone's country. <laughs>
1: <Pretty much. laughs> and we see this car like spun around on the freeway and nobody is stopping at all. So of course we stop. I call nine one one and one, I totally get big brother now because the paramedic or nine one one is like, Oh, I see you beside the car. Tell me the license plate number. And I'm like freaking out because they can see us. But so we're on the side of the road. Huey is with grandma, with mom, with Dr. Jepsen. And, but we have Lucas, who's a baby. And so I call Anissa and you sent she's me a like, picture. You oh, sent I sent her a picture paper. and didn't tell her we weren't involved in it, that we just stopped in it. <laughs> and she's like, get the baby on the other side of the rail. So we got to, you know, help
0: a nice, help out. Uh-huh. a nice, it was group great of people. Like, yeah. but I said, we're country. Like we're the you're the yes. only ones who stopped. Yes, like people everyone kept
1: stop. going, and they were going fast by, and the cars Ooh, wow. like turned around. It's ridiculous.
0: But the part was before that, so it was it rained that whole day, mm-hmm. and I had been driving, and one of our one of our staff is from Washington State, so she's like rain is rain, like, and I'm driving like two because I'm like I'm gonna hydroplane. <laughs> so the minute I got back, I was like, see, I told you, hydroplane. <laughs> hydroplane i
1: don't know if that is what happened but okay so after minnesota uh kelly went straight to a wedding so she has now been gone from her house for like three weeks with her <laughs> uh with lucas and then i where did you didn't you go oh it was her birthday it's anissa's birthday so she's like i just it's need rally. one day and it's rally well,
0: in south dakota if you're a Ride a bike. It's rally, and so you're on the motorcycle for the whole time. So, like, I get home from Minnesota, and I'm exhausted. My husband's like, "Are you ready to go ride? Are you ready to go ride?" I'm like, mm, "Awesome, just what I. F- it's 103 out. I would love to jump on the back of a bike and go ride. <laughs> sounds sounds oh. fabulous. fabulous. And my uncle
1: came to visit, right? Uncle he Nick was came, there. Yeah, all, yeah. yeah, it was just, and then. I got home and got a kidney infection, so I was out. So then the next week comes, and we're like, okay, this is great. Like, we're all back in the office. Everything is going to be great. I end up in the ER with uh, Huey, who we then have to be flown to Salt Lake City um, because the Children's Hospital in Boise is completely full, and he has to get his appendix
0: removed. <laughs> it's like, uh, so and I was gonna. Was- like, okay, and let's. Okay, <laughs> I just want to set the record straight on this situation. So I get a call or a text that Huey's been sick. So he was sick all day. He got sent home from school, and I'm like, "That's fine." So she texts me from the hospital and was like, "They think it's his appendix." And I'm like, okay, it's no big deal. Apparently, I mean, I had a child with an appendix who I let it rupture, but like, we've caught this on time. So I'm like, you can handle it. She's like, yep, yep, I can handle it. So then, so we're texting back and forth and at midnight at like 1230, she's like, yeah, you don't need to come. It's fine. It's not going to be a big deal. They're going to do surgery. It's going to be fine. I pass out. I wake up at like four. And she's, I get a text that's like, do not panic when you see my location. And I'm like, what in the heck? Well, luckily, she had landed in Salt Lake before I had looked at her location. Because I would have panicked. I would have been like, why are you in Salt Lake? And so she's like... They flew us to Salt Lake because there's no beds. I'm like, okay, so do you want me to come out there? Because I can. I had planned wow. on being out there that week anyway, and I didn't, there was no need, so I didn't go out. And she says absolutely nothing. So when she says absolutely nothing, <laughs> it means that she wants me to come out but not ask her to come out. And she doesn't want me to come out for any other reason than just to be out there. Like there was no reason I needed to be out there. It wasn't that knowing you couldn't handle it. It was,
1: it was that oh. Hugh needed somebody to touch him at all times. You always have to, he has to be touching you at all times. Oh.
0: So I get, I dry. So I wake, <laughs> so Shane is asleep, like dead to the world. I wake him up. I'm like, I'm on my way to Salt Lake City. He's like, who are you? Like, he has no idea what, who I am. Like nothing <laughs> going on. Luckily I have not unpacked the entire summer. So I got my go bag. I'm like <laughs> out the door. Oh. I get to Salt Lake City and I stop. Which Salt Lake City is all under construction. That that getting to that hospital was a nightmare. I get there and Hugh's like in his little bed and has his IV in his arm, and he's like, "When I get home, will you take me to the big grocery store and get me fried rice?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, Hugh. I will take you oh, to the big grocery store
1: only,
0: and only I will get fried rice."
1: Yeah. So she stops in Salt Lake City for like 30 minutes because um, Huey then goes into surgery. And so then she continues driving all the way to uh, Idaho uh, <laughs> to hang out with Cash. And because he's in school now, so he missed one day of school. And I'm trying not to make him miss school for any ridiculous reasons, like my brother's in the hospital because I want to be able to go on vacation or (laughs) take him with me places. So I'm trying to make him not miss school whatsoever.
0: And then Um, Huey got to come home anyway. Like, it just was like, and I'm like, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. It was the six-hour drive. Because Salt Lake City is like five and a half hours from you.
1: And they weren't gonna let me so I am Anissa's my mom's always always like so she knows that something is really wrong when I call or I text I'm super calm because (laughs) let me tell you, and I was talking to somebody and they made a great point. Like when you're always anxious and your anxiety is super high Um, who was I talking to? They're like, I want to sit on a plane if it's going to crash by someone who has really high anxiety, because they're always super high anxiety. Mm -hmm. So when something goes wrong, they're just like, Oh, yeah, we already expected that to happen. So they're super calm, which is exactly how I am. I'm like, super anxious all the time. And then something happens. And I'm eerily, 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 whatever. Yes. And you
0: lied to the flight crew to get on that plane. How do when I know? they asked you, because they asked you, are you? Do you have a pro? Do you get motion oh, sickness? Yeah. And are you claustrophobic? And you're like, absolutely not.
1: Nope, no motion sickness and no claustrophobia whatsoever. I don't have but a plan today.
0: With my kid.
1: Yep. <laughs> so that was the only time I almost lost it. Was they were trying to tell me I couldn't ride on the plane. I had to drive, and they were going to send my three year old without me. And I'm like, no. And they go, it's by weight to see if you can ride and I'm like how much do you have to weigh <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> if it's 100 pounds that's how much I weigh I just weigh 100 pounds but
0: luckily oh I God. got on
1: the plane I was not gonna let him go without I'm like this is ridiculous so
0: that is a horrible feeling so I have put yeah. a kid on a helicopter but we were only an hour and a half away like we got there maybe like a half hour she got there but like he would have been there yeah for and he wasn't that like he still knew what was going on like he wasn't in like it wasn't a like I could see it if he was like in it was a trauma trauma situation but he wasn't he was he was thinking about fried rice yes I mean yes
1: he was he was he's he wanted orange pop and what was the other thing he wanted jello jello (laughs) orange pop and jello
0: Yes. And then he, the next day, he just wanted me to like rub his arm in a specific way. And then whenever Britt and I were around, he would be like, and like couldn't move. And then when his dad was around, he could move. And he still couldn't bend though. Like he bent like Papa Shane. Like he couldn't Uh like bend his waist. But so we got through the appendix. And how school, like school started before the appendix?
1: He did a a day and a half of school before he got Mm -hmm. sick.
0: Cash is
1: in school. I've only been late for drop off once, and I wasn't late enough to have to sign them in.
0: So oh well, that's oh well yeah. So that's not even really late. Mm -mm. Um, my life. I mean, I feel like I have done things other than work, but I'm not like I'm gonna be a grandma again to another not 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 bread. Not me. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. the other one. There's gonna be another um sweet angel baby girl that will be super fun I just want her to be named Hazel I just want her to be Hattie named is going to come live with me yeah so we're probably getting joint custody of Hattie <laughs> um <laughs> uh, uh. I've, I have questioned my parenting. So last night I went to... So there's this band that's like local to Rapid City that's called Flannel. And they do all like 90s remixes. It is like the best... Like it is, takes you right back to the 90s, which I would say would be like my 20s, which maybe wasn't like my prime <laughs> like good decision choices in life. Like maybe not the best time. I did have three children at the time. But so we we're listening to they did, they covered Alanis Morissette. And I'm like, so I give, I give my children a bad time about like letting their kids listening to like Machine Gun Kelly and all this other stuff. And so I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm like, oh my God, I can remember like barreling down the interstate in my white neon with all three of my children in the back seat like blaring my CD with Alanis Morissette. And I'm like, yeah, this was not appropriate. I cannot believe. I am I like to think you all were probably asleep when I was like playing. Sublime.
1: Really like <laughs> we know every single word to every single sublime song.
0: <sighs> I know. Yeah. Like when they started singing Janie's 12 years old. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. But I did teach you all that there are adult words and there are kid yep. words. They would be silent when the really bad words came on, but I'm like, you know, so it was just another reminder of how amazing I was as a parent.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So the best part is she goes to this concert with uh, somebody I have known for.
0: Oh yeah. Our codependency (sighs) is at a whole new level.
1: 10, 11 years. I don't know. We've known each other forever. And so she's my person. If anyone knows that reference. And she happens to live in the same area as my mom. And now they hang out. So I feel like we should have her on one of our podcasts to be like the similarities and differences of ha- I'm hanging like,
0: out. <laughs> I texted Britt last night. I'm like, yeah, we've now taken like our codependency to a whole nother level that. And I mean, I hang out with her because, well, we have no one else here. Like that's family, right? When you're military. Yeah. It's like family and her kids
1: what you guys went to the soccer game and her kids called dad grandpa didn't they or something like that
0: <laughs> they oh. like they're but it's like that like having your yeah. family come to things because they don't have family we don't have family yeah. out here they don't No, they call him mr shane which oh like, mr
1: shane her boy Southern. her
0: boy yeah her boys are hysterical they're six and seven i think and
1: yeah, they're, their caches, they are right caches, like right between both mm-hmm. of them. Uh,
0: they're, yeah, they like to help move rocks. That's their thing. And dig holes. So, <laughs> I mean, um, the other thing so is, I, you know what I have been doing since Minnesota is I've had to spend time with your father. And I feel like I haven't done that for a while. Like, I don't know people. I have always referred to him as hillbilly husband since we moved to a farm like eight years, nine years ago, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And like, when I'm not home, I don't like see the day to day nonsense that that man does. (laughs) So Uh... I came home from one. I came home from the Minnesota trip. And the whole time, no, it was the Nashville trip. The whole time the man is obsessing about how he wants a Jeep. He had a CJ7 in the 90s. Speaking of 90s, he had a CJ7. He wants a Jeep. I pull up in the driveway and God, there is a Jeep. He has traded in his truck and got a Jeep, which whatever. So his new thing is we go on these trails while we're driving. And all of a sudden he's like, oh my God. And pulls over and there's this dead deer laying in. The ditch with a bunch of like turkey vultures, which I don't know what their real name is, but they're on this deer and he shoes them away so he can go down and take a picture of it. Then he's like, I, I need to figure out how I can get that deer, like the, the head of the deer, not the whole deer. He just wants the rack of the deer. And he's like, I have all the tools in my car to get the deer head. And I'm like, I didn't think of it. I'm like, no, we're not. I'm not like, you're not cutting off a deer head. And putting it in the back of a Jeep, which I'm going to have to drive around in with a decapitated deer. And oh, so, and plus then he, I'm like the DNR, there's all these rules. So he has to go and do, do Google search. Finally, I found that you have to like get a special tag, all this stuff. But my one, one of our coworkers is like, were you not at all concerned that he has a mobile decapitation kit in the back of his vehicle? And I'm like, oh, hmm, I never thought about that. Like, I was more concerned that I was going to have a rotting deer carcass riding around with me for an entire day. Not that he could also chop my head off. And, I mean, I have been kind of a pain, so I am going to be a little bit nicer to him so he doesn't dump me in the forest somewhere. Just so you know. This is all my proof of life every week will be the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have the perfect... um... Christmas gift for him, remind me to tell you, for his Jeep. I saw it the other day, and of course there was a 50-year-old man sitting in the... Well, apparently, like like
0: that age group. It is because they're reliving the '90s. Like they all had CJ sevens or CJ fives or whatever, and now they're like reliving. And we have big tires, and we go over big. Like you'll never be able to go because you'll really throw up because we go on trail. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Now, have we caught up? Is that that's all that's happened in the month?
1: Uh, No, there's so much more, (laughs) but not meant for podcasting.
0: Not gonna go there. At all. That's between us and our therapist. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's time for us to, well, us, me, to go to class and learn something. So um, in this month, we actually have talked about the podcast because apparently I should be <laughs> ready to uh, apply the knowledge I've learned in class and during my supervision hours. So we are going to work on kind of remastering how the podcast looks because I do feel like I've been to a couple conferences this past year, which have been great. I've talked to a lot of new BCBAs and kind of thought through like things that you need when you do finally get your BCBA. So we are going to talk a little bit about more about how we're going to apply what we've learned in class and in our supervision. With that being said, we are working on, well, we did just, we're so excited. This caregiver, we did a care, the ABA caregiver support roadmap.
1: No, no. What is it? The complete ABA caregiver roadmap.
0: Well, I wasn't in charge of the title, but so we have been working on this, project. We wrote and, a book, a workbook. Yeah. A workbook. A so workbook. And last year at this time, I think, is when we first started really working on yeah. how caregiver support looks. Because I do feel like I question everything in ABA. I feel bad because I, I'm i like, this makes no sense to me. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? So we did. Um, create this workbook that we do have for sale somewhere I'm not in charge of that I don't understand how that works so
1: it's on our you can find it on our Facebook and I can do you want me to read our our nice uh summary of it oh yeah I, we have a summary yeah <laughs> I have been working my butt off on this. And by the way, if you do order it, as of right now, I am production. So if you're allergic to dogs, I would not order from my from this. Just putting that out there. I work there extremely hard to keep it clean. Like,
0: There might clean. be dog hair. Might be dog hair. Might be residue. The production facility is, like, I. that would be the other reason I had to go to Idaho because she had things she had to get done. And so basically it was me watching her in the production facility for our, our caregiver handbook so that we could get them out on time.
1: Okay. It will be moved to Amazon soon. So I will make sure to (laughs) press that link, but okay. So the complete ABA caregiver roadmap is an 80 page six month guide to a culturally responsive caregiver training program. The roadmap is split into three sections. Before the encounters, the actual caregiver encounters, and then the caregiver goal bank. So before the encounters, it allows the clinician to self-reflect and create a foundation before beginning the actual work with the caregivers. The caregiver encounters are set up to occur twice a week. With encounter A targeting training and a new skill, and encounter B targeting the application of the new skill. Finally, the Caregiver Goal Bank is a list of goals written to target caregiver behavior and skills. These goals are meant to be interchangeable with the goals already written in the encounters. Overall, this is a comprehensive approach to providing caregiver support. can you haven't read that.
0: I think I proofed it, but I didn't keep it in my like brain. I did work on the content, maybe not the like zhuzhing (laughs) of that. So I'm really excited because I feel like there are some great caregiver resources out there. I'm not, I'm not dissing anyone's, but I feel like the workbook has you work on yourself as a practitioner clinician prior to engaging in your actual caregiver sessions so that's the part I like. it's the pre not I mean the the rest of it's good too but I love that we like talk about how we're gonna be um, as as clinicians. So uh, yeah. in the podcast each week we'll talk a little bit about it each section. Uh, probably not this podcast cause we've rambled on about how busy our, lives have, been, how busy our yeah. lives have been.
1: Well, it would be perfect if you go to Facebook and, uh, purchase it because then you can go through it with us and there'll be oh, a, yeah. uh, there'll be a workshop we're putting together to also go through it. So
0: yeah.
1: go to our Facebook, um, K- knowledge.now.solutions. <laughs> oh my God,
0: while. we're so out of practice. Oh,
1: we're so out of practice. And there's a link there for an order form and then a PayPal link to um, provide that. And then it will be sent out within one to two weeks is the production time here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. And um, as we do with everything, we learn um, along the way, (laughs) what, what, how long things really take. So our, our, I think our biggest problem is, well, we have, we're big idea people. So that part, I guess that's not really a problem, but we have no concept of reality as far as how long it takes or what, what, what is going to cost to do something. So again, again, this would be a labor of love.
1: (laughs) Very much so. Yeah. There's free shipping. I put that on there. So total labor of love right now.
0: Uh, yes. Moving our practice forward and helping our clinicians. It's our nonprofit. Yep. We have a lot of nonprofit things that we do.
1: Yeah. A lot of volunteering. I guess I was raised to volunteer. So,
0: Oh my gosh. Okay.
1: Which leads us into our topic of <laughs> avoidance, which I think we call it procrastination.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yes. So (laughs) everything's better with a little procrastination.
0: So I was like doing some Google. I always like to like Google search our topics and then just stick the word ABA in because I like to see what comes up. So this, I found this about um, avoidance behaviors. And it's so funny because I've actually done one of these things as a true avoidance. And I don't know if this is, this is obviously, I don't even know what it was just like, it came up in the first like Google thing. I don't even know where it came from. So it says true avoidance behaviors involve the complete avoidance of the feared social situation. For example, someone afraid of public speaking might drop a class in which they have to give a speech or change jobs to avoid giving presentations. So my first year of college, I was in a history class. This was back when all colleges were in, were in person. And one of the um, assignments where you had to cut <laughs> an article out of a newspaper and then you just had to, it was current events, you just had to talk about the current event in front of the whole class. I dropped the class instead of getting up and talking about a newspaper article.
1: You would never let me do that, ever.
0: Well, you just would do it and not tell me <laughs> to es- Is that escape or avoidance when you just don't tell the person what you did to. So. Not
1: okay. Well, let's talk about your situation with the speech. So <laughs> technically you escaped the class, but avoided the speech. So the biggest difference between avoidance and escape is escape. You're already engaged in the activity and avoidance oh, okay. is you don't even engage in the activity.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I escaped the class to avoid the speech. Yes. That is a true statement. So that's the other thing. So it was so interesting because I pulled up like what the difference between escape and avoidance is and it's just another one of those things that again you have to go back and figure out what the the antecedent is because
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean that's everything Well we you do even in-
1: have to go further mm-hmm. and figure out what the motivation is is it an the establishing motivation. operation or is it an abolishing operation? so are you when you're looking at that escape and avoidance, you're wanting that you have motivation to avoid it. Um, So like figuring out, is it, is that speech or engaging in that speech, is it going to establish some type of motivation or is it going to abolish it? So where is that abative and evocative behavior? So technically avoiding the speech was an establishing operation to evoke that quitting behavior
0: yeah yeah i would have killed you all if you would have not killed literally but i would have not been very happy if you're like why would you have would done that and So I was, so then of course, then I'm searching like avoidance versus escape and it comes up with, um, animals. So (laughs) like (laughs) the dog collar, so the dog's running away from the owner, the owner implies puts the shock collar on them Mm -hmm. while they're yelling, come back. And as soon as the dog comes back, the owner stops the shock. So that's escape because they want to escape the shock. Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah. Whereas if they came back right away, it would be avoiding the shock.
0: Yeah. So we do this with little Keekster. We just put the collar on and immediately she's like at your side because she got shocked like one time and she rolled over, put her feet up in the air and acted like she had been killed, like absolutely killed. So she now is, um, she is definitely now avoids the shock by just always coming back. So
1: yeah, so that's a really good example. Because when you look at that, is it an avoidance of the shock? Or is it a motivation to obtain whatever the owner has? So that's that's when we have to look at the motivating operation? Is it an Mm -hmm. establishing or an abolishing? So like when you um, avoid something, by accessing something else, or if you escape something by accessing something else, you have to look at that motivation to really identify, is it an avoidance or is it obtaining something? Is it access to that tangible?
0: So we so go which right is back. the
1: reinforcing?
0: So we're going back to what the function is, right? Yeah. So we of go
1: back point. to, yes, which is established through that um, motivation. So we're always going back to the motivation in order to identify that function. Just so everyone knows there is some large stick behind me. I'm not sure where <laughs> it came from, but I want to avoid being smacked in the head with that.
0: Oh, he so <laughs> he misses me so much this week. I just love it. Little mm-hmm. sweet Huey. He just every morning has called me and asked me when I'm coming to see him. I love it. Oh, Love it. Gosh. Love it. Okay. okay. So the, um, so if you have a client that you've determined is um, avoidance, is they're avoiding repetitive, like you're putting task demands and they, they don't want repetitive, like that, that's not working. What, what do you do then?
1: So are they, so it depends on like what behavior they're engaging in to, avoid. So did you already start placing the task demands? Is it paired with the environment that, so if we go back to school, because school's in in session, for example, in math class, since we're back in school, um, if a student is doesn't know their math and they want to avoid being called on, so they're always being called on in math class, they might engage in some escape or avoidance behavior, that would maybe get them sent to the principal's office. So somebody might see sending them to the principal's office as punishment, but it's actually reinforcement because their function is to avoid that. Their motivation, what they want to do is avoid that class. So motivation and function are tied extremely close together because it can easily flip where, let's say... The before math class, um, the student doesn't ever get called on before math class, but they, during math class, there's candy in the principal's office. So they actually aren't avoiding math class. They're trying to access the principal's office. Yeah. So you have to identify what that motivation is in order to identify, is it an avoidance of math class or is it access to the principal's office? That is the function.
0: Well, and I think that's when we're I think that's what we're always asking those questions to try to determine what the function is. I think that's the hardest thing, especially new. Um, if we're providing observation and direction to our new BTs, like that's the hardest thing because they're just seeing that the child is running from something yeah. or try or you know, having a behavior to get out of something and they're not thinking, well, why? What is
1: why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the running is a great example because a lot of times kids run not to escape something or avoid something, mm-hmm. they run because they want to be chased. So, it's right. access to attention.
0: Well, so then the other thing I did was so I searched again things and it gave me the EDA QA assessment. For um, I have
1: no idea what that even is. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't, it's a let's see what it is. Um, it is. Extreme Demand Avoidance Questionnaire for Adults. It's a self-administered questionnaire that measures traits and behaviors related to pathological demand avoidance in adults of 18 and older. So I'm like, well, it's not really what, like, we're not, I don't, but then I'm like, I can't stop myself from taking it to see if. I
1: totally have it. I totally have pathological
0: avoidance. Yes, you do. I would love you. I'm going to have to send it to you to take it. Um, And the questions, it says it's for adults, but like maybe it still is for adults because like one of the questions is, do you throw a tantrum? (laughs) Which tantrum is not operationally defined. So like that needs to be, and then I'm like, okay, I don't think I throw a tantrum like what I would think a tantrum is, but um so I took the quiz. I would say that um it gives you like a score and then it says if your score is higher than a certain number then you you probably need to do further assessment to determine what would be the best like the best um Oh my god, I just lost my words. The best program or whatever like to do this, right? Yeah. But I only scored like a 26. And so I do not have, or I only scored a 20. I do not have um, the extreme avoidance.
1: The so avoidance. I totally throw tantrums whenever I'm even tell people I'm throwing a fit right now. So don't talk to me um i completely avoid so i am taking on um as i said i'm shifting a little bit in the company and i'm taking on more supervision and the best part is that okay so i'm really bad at keeping appointments which is part life and part just because i'm me and so there so anissa is like listen no one is making you have these appointments they are because you want to have a company like (laughs) telling me that it was nobody else telling me I had to do it
0: in order (laughs) to keep. And the best part is like, it's not that you don't want the appointments and it's not that you don't like, you like, you like meeting with the supervisees. Uh It's the fact that you feel like someone has like set up (laughs) the schedule for you. So I'm like, I I did talk a little slow to you that day. I was like, you did, but Mm -hmm. like some of the questions are, like I'm driven by the need to be in charge. Yes, <laughs> I tell totally. this was my favorite one. I tell other people how they should behave, but feel like those rules don't apply to me.
1: <laughs> What's a hundred percent? What's the highest score I could get? On that? I,
0: I think I think you need like I think there's if you get that high, um, it it was just there were some things I was like, uh. Um, I don't know, it, but I'll have to send it to you and we'll have to talk about it because I do feel like, uh, the avoid for me avoidance. And I'm assuming this is the same with a lot of our clients. It's, it's how the task is presented to me. Presented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of been like that. If you tell me to do something, even though it's something I love to do, like my automatic inclination is not to do it. Or to keep putting it off, which is ridiculous. Like, honestly. So, how, like, when we have clients like that, I think that telling those BTs, it's, it is totally how you present.
1: Yeah. Like, well, it's always finding that. So, everyone forgets that MO step. Yeah. I was like, beat that dead horse. Is that what that saying is? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's all about motivation. If you don't have motivation, you're not going to do anything. Like, my motivation sometimes is just to piss people off. That's just what I'm motivated to do.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Well, <laughs> no, well, we were talking about this with one of our, B, our RBTs about how the motivation for the child was a certain item. And then because of circumstances, and I don't remember what the circumstances were, that, that motivational item had been removed from her. Like she couldn't obsession. use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, so. But she, they got
1: it when she left the house.
0: Yeah. So then I'm yes. like, well, his now the motivation of that client is really to, to get, get rid of her. to get rid of her. When they used to have a really good relationship, pairing. Yeah. yeah, pairing everything, and now like it's shifted. So having that conversation with a caregiver, where I think that the, the other thing with ABA is a lot of times parents feel like it's we're not working, like we're not doing what we need to do because they don't physically see us, like sitting them at a table and, you know, going through shapes or colors, or they might see a kid on an iPad and think, well, they're not working with them. They're just letting them watch the iPad when in reality, it might be that it was their reinforcer. So they're having their downtime, or they might be watching a video with them and talking about the video or working on social skills or things like that. So I think that's why it goes back to this caregiver Handbook is that yep. we have to make sure that we're not only educating ourselves for working with our caregivers, but also educating our caregivers on what it really looks like to have a successful ABA program. Yeah. So that all right is my soapbox. I am now off of it. <laughs> love it. She loves me, love me, love me, love me love. She love me like nobody else.
1: Okay, so that wraps it up for another episode of Teaching My Mother ABA.
0: So head over to our Facebook because apparently that's where we sell stuff. And check that (laughs) out, our Instagram at knowledge.now.solutions. Check out all the great things that we're going to have coming up. We have some super exciting um, Christmas ideas for those ABA uh, people in your life. Uh, that are going to be for sale things like that and definitely don't forget to sign up to be in our be in the know patreon and thank you to k now behavioral solutions for sponsoring teaching my mother aba and pretty easy podcast for making us sound so good
1: pretty easy podcast is going to have their work cut out for them this episode (laughs) 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 and remember it's all fun and games until you have to teach your mother ABA.